At the center of the universe, at the border between the light and the dark, stands Castle Grayskull. For countless ages, the heroes of Grayskull have defended the universe against the forces of evil. Walk through the Hall of Living Pictures and learn the history and mystery of the masters of the universe. Dive deep into the mythology of Eternia, Etheria, and more. For those who know the stories of Grayskull will come the power. The power to be supreme. The power to be all-knowing. The power to be... Legends of Grayskull. Welcome to episode 39 of Legends of Grayskull, the fan podcast where we discuss the history, the mystery, the magic, and mythology of He-Man, She-Ra, Eternia, Therian, Nordor, Primus, New Adventures, Old Adventures, Ladybird, Filmation, Golden, Comics, Mini-Comics, anything and everything you can think of with that He-Man, She-Ra, Masters of the Universe, Princess of Power, that Mattel logo down in the corner. I'm Matthew Duke. I'm here with Sean Skavarna. Sean, how are we doing tonight? I feel weird. I'm all displaced tonight, but other than that, I'm pretty darn good. So it's good to have ah, you. Yeah, it's good to be here as always. How are you? Doing great. Had a good weekend. Uh, I want to give a special shout out to my boys, Pop Warner football team. Uh, they had their first scrimmage game this weekend, and they looked awesome. Uh, a couple good days of practice here, and we got our first regular season game coming up this weekend. So. Uh, Laporte Pop Warner 6U. Here we go, guys. We're on a roll. <laughs> They're starting with some power. The game yeah. momentum. <laughs> Absolutely. How about you? Got anything new to share? Oh, this is my new bedroom slash studio at my studio at my house. So I'm pretty excited about that. Um, the background is blurred because I still haven't situated everything properly. <laughs> Uh, and there will be some fun stuff behind me at some point. I'm going to have a drawing table behind me, and uh, that will be able to work as well here. But for the time being, I'm just happy that this is my little cozy area of the house, because that hasn't happened to me since I bought the house. So you the know kids what... overrule the place all the time. So <laughs> so you know what this means, Legends of Grey School fans? We are getting a step closer Getting Sean to draw live on air for us. So, oh yeah, we'll see about that. I'm always scared to death of that, man. I get like stage fright like crazy because I'm. When <laughs> I've done, I've done them. I've done them on Facebook, Have you? and I've actually had people um, reach out to me after I do them. Like, hey, can you draw this? Can you draw that? And I'm like, yeah, cool, whatever. But doing them where I can't read what people are saying because I have the camera over my shoulder. Yeah. is so scary to me because I'm like, I hope people aren't asking me questions or talking to me, and here I am talking to myself while I draw. It's, it's well, really what, weird. We'll just we'll do it together. We'll do it here in Legends of Grayskull. We'll go live uh. on our YouTube page, <laughs> and then I can I can watch the comments, and, I can, and you can draw, and I can read them to you. Well, yeah. <laughs> uh, it'll be interesting. I'll say oh, that. I got, I got plans here, buddy. I got <laughs> Oh, 
ask me. I'll have, an, I'll have an answer for everything. <laughs> yeah, I'm noticing that. You're the brains behind the operation. I just show up and try to look pretty. And Lord knows I, I'm a I'm a losing battle on that one, too. So there you, you go. Ac- you accomplished that. I like this GQ <laughs> you got here. Got this, little, got this little Backstreet Boy lean going on. For all you audio <laughs> listeners... Sean's pimping tonight. That's so. my that's my confidence of hey, I actually have my own little place. So yeah, that's my confidence. And plus, there's, <laughs> there's a little ledge right here on my desk, and I can just like it, it like in in uh in Spider Man into the Spider Verse. Hey, I love that part. Oh. He's like, hey, he's trying to figure out how to say that. But that's a whole different thing. Again. We're not going to go Spider Man on. Oh, Honest tonight, but yeah. yeah, we still gotta do that one these days. We gotta we gotta do our random offshoot podcast. We've been talking about that for a while now, guys. Like we just do a podcast episode where we just talk random whateverness, you know. Um, other loves other than He Man because there yeah, are yeah. other things out there, but He Man is quite the first love. Right. You never get over your first love, but and, and it it, is, yeah, it is the name on the door, so I mean. <laughs> exactly you gotta honor that but at the same time it would be really fun someday to go okay let's talk some ninja turtles let's talk yeah. some superman let's talk some spider-man whatever you know and but we'll get to that point yeah, someday yeah. but we got a ton of stuff before us so i mean heck filmation in general oh, is yeah. overwhelming even, to even imagine even ignoring the stinker episodes it's Still, you still have a solid hundred at least that I could definitely mm-hmm. see well worth the time, and probably higher mm-hmm. than that, honestly, because I don't think there's thirty episodes total where I'm like, oh, I don't want to talk about that, you know? Yeah, I, I mean, even <laughs> what I love is <laughs> not not getting into the episode too far, but what I love is I'm fueling how we're doing this this yes. week, which is yes. like. I love how you're like, I was listening to the show, and you made me think of an idea, because you said it, and I'm like, what did I do now? <laughs> uh, oh, I guess we can just get, I mean, I don't think there's any real news out there. I, I don't have anything. Uh, yeah, you? I was trying to think of it, like, when you told me we were about to record, and I'm like, I don't think yeah, I saw too much. I mean, uh, quiet. yeah, we, we talked to James Etoc. Uh, releasing last Friday, the page, what yeah. was it, page three. Um, page but yeah, four. that's the only big, or page four, sorry, so yeah, that's the only big. Yeah, four and then five and six are coming this Friday, so. And then I know what day it is again. That's right. good. Right. That's very good. Um, <laughs> thank you, James. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, beyond that, I don't think there's anything. This is the first week in a while where we haven't really had much, no. so that's hey, really weird. They spent everything at PowerCon, and now they're just sitting home, you know. That's what used to happen, like, every year, even before PowerCon with San Diego Comic-Con during the Classics. Like, you get so much information, and then there's just nothing. Yeah. They just, they've got nothing. They've they've shot their entire uh, budget, we'll say. And, uh, (laughs) (laughs) I know I walked into that one without a good censored version. So they shot their whole budget at PowerCon, and now they got no money left till hopefully next month. So, and hopefully we'll start seeing stuff. So we might as well go right into it. So sure. uh, today we're we're discussing uh, the filmation episode, uh, "A Tale of Two Cities," mm-hmm. and basically what happened was I was reading or reading. 
I was going back through uh, and listening to our last episode where we discussed the DC ongoing series. And I hit the point, and it didn't really click it with me while we were recording. I would have called Sean on it then, but Sean said that he hates the the amnesia episodes. And so that got me thinking because Filmation notably has two very prominent um, amnesia episodes. Uh, Quest for He-Man, which features Plundor and Gleedle and uh, the Susian world of Trannis. Um, but Sean was like, nah, we're not doing that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> honestly, I, I said I'm not putting him through that this early. But I, I, said, I said, well, how about we do Tale of Two Cities then? Because I'm curious if it's if it's like all amnesia story because Tale of Two Cities, um, it was it was famously one of the wave of many comics that was adapted from the filmation episodes along with the Dragon's Gift. Uh, it's a season one episode and it's generally pretty well liked amongst the fandom. So, Sean, what just your initial reaction to a Tale of Two Cities before we dig into it? Um, initial reaction to it is it's one that I. It, when, when we started talking about it on uh, just back and forth today, you'll, you you remember, I actually remembered how that story went because it stuck with me all these years. Um, and this is one that I, I don't go back to typically too often, but I do remember, what was the mini comic that had that one in? I don't remember that. I, I do remember I felt like it was, it was somewhere else, too. It was... Um... Uh, it was the one with Lodar, Slave City. Oh, Slave okay, City. okay. And then in, instead, of, instead of Reina and uh, Reina and or uh, Queen Belina, instead of Queen Belina and Draca, it had Lodar as the antagonist, but it still had the Gargons, and it it was the same basic thing except for Garn was a Native American in the mini comic, and he was African American in the in the show. Gotcha. Okay. Um, well, um. So it it was it was more uh, adaptized than the Dragon's Gift was. It wasn't as straight in the mini comic. There was no amnesia yeah. there, if I recall correctly. Yeah. Okay. Um, but rewatching it just a little while ago, um, I actually can see why it is a fan favorite episode, and I remember it quite well. Um, and. Here's the thing, like, with Amnesia episodes, my biggest issue is I hate it when they constantly have the character dwelling, who is the amnesiac, dwelling on, this seems so familiar, but I just can't place what it is. And as a viewer, you're the one sitting there going, I know why, can we move on from this? I know. And in um, in the case of this episode... It didn't write that way. And I love that fact. I love that it's it's like, yes, he doesn't remember everything, but he doesn't also have that feeling of he doesn't know everything. Right. He, there's certain things that are characteristic of He-Man that I feel they didn't lose track of and they didn't try to make it that he is so, amne- so much of an amnesiac that he isn't capable 
in right. this. And that that held up way better than some of these other amnesia anythings that I have seen one way or the other. Because there's always that... Um, I, I want to say it's like a Wizard of Oz kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Where it's got that, oh, it's always been you all the time. Or the, you know, <laughs> that kind of a thing at the end. And I hate that kind of a turn in, in a story. Because I kind of go, I know that's going to happen at some point. And the way they did it, even in this episode, it it worked to its benefit. And yeah. and everything from that point on, I love that, you know, it, it was a stronger episode because of the turn where he finally goes, I remember who I am now and everything. So, you know, I, I love it way more than the typical ones. I can't say I hate them all now. And that annoys yeah. me because I like being very, just like that last episode. <laughs> and that, see, I thought I could get him on this too, folks. I thought if I can get him to sit down and watch Tale of Two Cities, if he doesn't remember it, I think I can, I think I can get him here. Uh, so, mm. uh, no, it's, it's one that I'm I, that guy. I remember as a kid, it was on VHS, thank God. And, uh, it's, it's, it's always stuck with me. I've always liked this one. Um, it's, it's got great character design. Uh, He-Man and Battle Cat are the only familiar faces in the whole thing. And like you said, at no point during it did he not feel like He-Man. Like he did. Mm-hmm. Even when he couldn't remember who he was, there was still that inherent good. He's like, I know this is wrong. I have no idea why mm-hmm. it's wrong, but I know, you know, I know it is. Like, I... I'm not mm-hmm. going to help you here. So, um, and real quick here before we jump into it. So, we got Tale of Two Cities. Uh, this is the 31st episode of He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. It was written by Richard Pardee, directed by Marsh Lamore, and the script was approved April 4th, 1983, almost exactly two years before my birthday. So... <laughs> Alright guys, here we go. So, for those of you watching us on YouTube, you're going to be able to watch it right over here. Uh, For those of you listening along at home, feel free to just listen along, or uh, pop in your DVD, pull it up on YouTube, follow along. Uh, It's going to be a good time. So, we'll do the typical 3, 2, 1, and then we hit play. A 3, 2, 1. Bing! Mm Mm-hmm. Every time. Here it comes. thinking about it the other day and I remember when I first came home uh, from kindergarten and uh, got to see this and how it was so weird all of a sudden see He-Man's name be the first thing on the screen versus just having it being Masters of the Universe. Right. I don't know why. It always was weird when I was a kid though. Yeah, see, I, ne- I never question it, but then again, I'm younger, so I, I, I mean, the TV show stuck with me before everything else, so. Yeah, yeah. I think for me, I just kind of figured it was just going to be Masters of the Universe based on yeah. the, the toy line, and then when I saw He-Man, I was like, well, why is he getting top billing? I mean, it's <laughs> all of them, isn't it? You know, <laughs> it's like, oh, boy, was no, I wrong. It <laughs> I guess that's it because I always thought that the packaging was weird, especially with 
like I said, getting the majority of my figures secondhand and everything. The, the few times I would get the book, or well, the books mainly, I'm like, that's weird. It looks weird with just Masters of the Universe. Like, why doesn't it say He-Man up top? So, because uh, Filmation was always my first love. Mm. I always liked how this one started off too. This creepy forest and everything. They really, they really set a mood right in the beginning here. Sure. And then uh, the Princess Rhea uh, fleeing from the Gargons. Those are cool designs, though. They, though. These things freaked me out as a kid. And we're not wasting any time here. Yeah, I was going to say, I wish I kind of counted down how soon it took him to raise the power sword here, because it really, I, I want to say this is 30 seconds into the episode, maybe a minute tops, you know? Like, it was about half a parsec, so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're getting right to it. Did they kind of use these guys from uh, the Black... It was Were they Blackstar guys that they converted? I have never actually seen Blackstar, so I cannot answer that. I, I, when I was a kid, like, I used to watch Blackstar. I don't remember Blackstar as well. Like, I, I actually watched the, the intro to it a couple years ago going, like, I vaguely remember this. Yeah. Like, I, compared to He-Man and everything else that came after that, I... I but I remember there being a guy that looked a lot like these guys in the toy line. He had the the like face just like them, but his coloring was a little different. He had more of a like a like a flesh tone than the grayness that they have here. Stuff, but because I know they they re um, they reused the dragon that yep. he had on that show, so I, yeah, maybe. Maybe there is something to this. I don't know. There might be. It's not mentioned here in the uh, filmation guide, so and that that would be that where I it makes the most he, sense. I think he would have it in there if it was. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, but it could definitely be something similar. And I don't know about you, but uh, as a kid, Rhea was hot. I mean, she's mainly she's <laughs> kind of a Tila uh, knockoff, but there's there's something about those those thigh high boots and everything. It's like, oh yeah. <laughs> I like I said I don't remember this one as well but I'd have to actually like look at all of the women that have been on He-Man to go which is the one that got me one way or another cuz it's probably between she, her and Celise for me. And see I hear the name Celise so often when I hear Jeremy <laughs> DeWitt talk about that it's just it's just a given that you know I'm always remembering Celise but there yeah. there's something I feel like there's somebody on He-Man that they were one where I'm like, ooh, and I, for the life of me, don't remember who that is right now. I love this animation here. That storm coming on quick and the river swelling up there. Yeah. It's just such great animation. And the whole thing there with, with Targa and uh, I forget Rhea's city's name. But just their whole thing, the two cities and Targa being right underneath that that huge lake and everything, it's it's just a, it's a really neat 
uh, area they set up here, well away from the Eternals Palace, and that that's refreshing. Even as a kid, it was refreshing. Yeah, something I, I was going to say for the end of us talking about this, but I'll say it now. Um, when I read the mini comics as a kid, yeah. I always got this sense of he's a wandering adventurer mm-hmm. more than he Definitely. was stationed any one place in particular in Eternia. And this episode gave that in spades yeah. compared to what we're typically used to. And I love that because. Oh, absolutely. You know, it's like, it's like, it doesn't matter where on attorney, if you need help, he's going to show up and do something about it to make sure you're okay. And it makes me appreciate his, his goodness even more on this episode than yeah. the typical ones. This shot here with the Gargons, this is what freaked me out as a kid with them coming up out of the shadows and the lightning flashing and everything. Mm hmm. The first thing they do is take his sword. <sighs> smart guy. They're that, they're actually smart villains. So like, let's disarm yeah. him first. Yes, that is a wise uh, wise move. I do appreciate that. It's like it, when when I watched it just a little while ago, and they did that shot. I was like, oh crap! <laughs> yeah, that's when you know it's in trouble. You know. Yeah. Yeah. John Irwin plays this really well, too. Yeah, that's part of, and you're gonna you're gonna end up getting me for it on uh, the <laughs> the other episode, I'm sure. Yeah, but something about the amnesia part of the, this episode made me like this more because this is yeah. an area we've never discovered. So through him and having the the amnesia. And him asking questions, we're being able to understand what's happening right. here and and learn as he's asking questions right. in this case. And I love that about it compared to just, you know, here's all like that. I think that's the amnesia story I hate is here's the situation of the, the main character has amnesia, but everything around him has not changed. Right. So you as the audience is like, oh my god, it's Sorceress. Can we just say it's Sorceress and move yeah. on, you know, or whatever. Well, and that's it. It's it, it, They don't use it as a crutch. It's just... Yeah. It's it's how do you depower He-Man without actually depowering him? You know, it's mm-hmm. it's just used as because he do, he's not sure what he's capable of because he doesn't remember, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but then I like that there are certain things innate to him... Where, it, right. you know, like, it, it, they're saying, All right, you must be a spy. Well, I'm not a spy. Like, it's automatic. And right here. Like, he he's not bowing to her. He doesn't care. He's yeah. like, I know you're not my queen, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't know who is, but I know you're not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that line. You are either a very brave warrior or a fool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This this queen made me think of Grace Jones and Conan the Destroyer quite a lot yeah. watching this. Absolutely. Draca, the Weasley little wizard there. 
very powerful, but he relies completely on his skill, you know, his magical skills. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I got to give it credit where credit's due. This episode really does a great job for the, the amount of new characters you're getting yeah. in this episode. All... <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Everybody other than He-Man and Battle Cat is new here. And I like that they all have this feeling like they might be one and done characters, but they're making them feel right. like they're their own people. It's not like here's a carbon copy, somebody else that they're just using to stand in here or whatever. Mm-hmm. And like you said, the character design in this episode is pretty top notch in my yep. opinion too. Um, and that, that shot of battle I mean, cat. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. Really feel for it. It's like, he's powerful, but even he can't jump that high. You know, yeah. or claw that straight up. There's nothing to grab onto. But, and that's that's one of those. Uh, Any time that you see a kidnapping in something, and there's somebody who could have done something about it, yeah. but they're they're incapacitated like he is. It's like, yeah. man, you feel for the for, for uh, poor Battle Cat there. No, these are these are all formidable villains here. I mean, mm-hmm. Draca's powerful. The Gargons are competent. You know. And uh, we, we we missed it earlier, but Garn, like, he's like, all I have to live for is the arena. You know, an E-Man earlier with the, you're chained up, what are you going to do? He's like, dude, I can break out any time, but, you know, yeah. <laughs> but then I won't be free. I've got to, this is the only way to really be free, you know, is to fight yeah. through the arena, and eventually they'll they'll allow me to, to go free, and I won't have to worry about it again. So he's committed to it. So even he's got his honor. You know, he's he's not just going to run away. Yeah. It's all luck. And I like that they right. use the grappling and, like, the wrestling here rather than because we know Filmation couldn't have gone full-on gladiator, you know, axes and stuff. So I'm glad they went with more of the wrestling thing. That way they could still do some stuff, but not make it seem like they were pulling punches, you know? Well, I, I, I like how um, in Enter the Dragon, Bruce Lee had that line where he said, my, my fighting is the art of fighting without fighting. And yeah. that's kind of how He-Man starts this, but then it gets to a point, yeah, the grappling has to happen. But I do like that it kind of shows, I don't have any, I don't have any, any issues with you. We're not, right. you know, like, I'm not trying to hurt you. I don't, you know, I'm not even worried about winning here. I'd rather we just, I'd rather just leave, you know, and everything in the way that he, he does this sequence really shows what he's about here. And I like that quite a lot too. Exactly. And even now he's, he, he got his memory back from the bump in there. That's the also the other thing. They didn't dwell on the memory loss thing. It's like, it was just long enough for him to learn some stuff naively. Mm-hmm. And then he got it back. And, you know, as soon as he remembers, he basically just disarms Garn until they call the match. And now he's trying to stick up for Garn, like you, you know. I'm gonna, I'm going free, and I'm taking Garn with me. And go ahead, I know what you want to talk about because I do too. Uh, well, I like that when he when he said about you know He Man doesn't control your fate or he does you yeah. know He Man has no interest in 
you know, ruining you or whatever. And then I like that Garn goes, he man, but I thought you were a legend. (laughs) I love that. I love that throughout this. I love the idea that there's these remote corners of Eternia that don't have much direct communication. And yeah, they hear stories from passerbyers about this he man, but they write it off. Like, no one can, you know, reverse a tornado and spin glass out of sand and ride a giant tiger. Like, no, that's too much. You're making this up, you know. Um, and it really adds to the mystique of He-Man that, you know, and it gives you it gives you a feeling of the bigger world. Like, he can't be everywhere at once, you know, and there's this bad stuff happening around Turner that even he can't get to. But luckily mm-hmm. he made it out this far this day. Hmm. Yeah. And even a good plan by the villains. They're like, well, we got the princess, so get him out of here and, you know, we win. Yeah. And Garn's somebody that I I wish they would have had another episode or two with him showing up to help out because it really is cool to see you got this powerful warrior gladiator character in this this guy and you know he is once and done as far as I know at least and nice. you know it's like I kind of like their back and forth. Because they, it's not like yeah. they're exactly evenly matched, but he's definitely they're pretty close. They're they're close, and and I kind of dig that. I like the idea that there would be somebody else that if He Man was in over his head, like Garn would be somebody. He'd be like Battle Cat, get Garn, and you know he comes in to, to give him a, a hand here and there and stuff too. I don't think that ruins He-Man at all. Having, no, not at all. You know, having somebody have his back on his power level like that. No, I could see. Uh, yeah, I put him up there like with with Clamp Champ. You know, like he's he's one of those guys that's like just below He-Man. Mm-hmm. I guess he was just in Tail Two Cities. I could have sworn he came back at some point. So that's how effective this episode was because I remember him so easily oh yeah even before watching it today and yeah, you know, like stuff. i said yeah this this story i remember all of this i like him better than lodar i'll yeah. say it right now because i i didn't care when they released lodar for me that no. was like you I know, like all okay this. they finally released them but eh. <laughs> all this here is better draca and queen belina and and this garn this is so much better it's a it's mm-hmm. a deeper story too, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, Agreed. It, it does say Garn's character model uh, appeared as a blacksmith in the episode One for All, so that's probably what I'm thinking of. Uh, That again. I love it. They all just show up, just 
<laughs> what are you going to do to all three of us, you know? In other words, you're clean trouble. <laughs> uh, there's something to be said about the fact that Battle Cat walks up. He's like, yeah, he fell into your trap. And it's just like. Yeah, he yeah. wants some payback, you know? Yeah, payback. Payback is due. I like this too. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's a great lesson, and it's. I remember this exchange from a kid. You know, it's He Man's like, yeah, we're here to stop them, but we're not just going to let the city be flooded and all these people drown. You know, that's not our place. Well, that's like that's the differentiation to me of like even Superman and Batman. Yeah. Like, you know, like Batman, yes, he works with the the law, yeah. but he also tends to have his own version of what he wants to get done in order to get the law involved. Right. Whereas Superman, it like, that's how He-Man would be. It's like, it's not up to me to tell tell them, you know, I'm not, I'm not here to be the punisher to these people. I'm right. here. Yeah, they're wrong, but they also need help right now first, you know, yeah. and... And I like that even He-Man can't do this alone. He's like, Garn, I need you. Like, this is yeah. such a strong feat, like, you know. And that Garn's right there with him. He's, You know, they're cracking a hole in the ground. And Gar- like you said, Garn's keeping up with He-Man. Yep. Even the even the character guy, he's drawn you know a foot taller than He Man. You know he's yep. he's so imposing. Yeah, I like that. And also a Spider Man moment there. <laughs> oh, that's great strength. <laughs> great strength comes with great responsibility. Completely different. Don't sue us, Marvel. It's completely different. Nah, that, that's he, man. Flat out doing the whole. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't, don't try to change me, baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, will you be back one day? We'll be back someday. He's got that. Yeah, it was. It was a summer I ain't thing. Coming baby. back. <laughs> Let's not try to make this any more than it was. <laughs> I rescued you. You know, and you rescued it, me. Dude, it's it's <laughs> such the 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 cowboy ending, the Lone Ranger. Mm-hmm. You know, he's like, "All right, y'all are safe. Take care," and he rides off. You know, into the sunset. And and that's it. It's just you know, it's uh, <laughs> I forgot about that. I forgot that the moral was about reading books. Yeah, quite apropos. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just it's it's funny that they went with reading books when you had, like I said, you had the great strength comes great responsibility. That you know, 
you know, uh, it's not it's not for you to decide, you know. There's just mm-hmm. some, if, this is pure filmation right here, and this is the good filmation. This is where they packed it full of lessons, they packed it for, full of morals, and you don't feel like it's, like, beating you on the head. It's just, here it is. This is what happens in a day in the life of, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's what Definitely. I love about this episode. It's like, you 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 don't need the you don't get the wrap up at the palace or anything like that, and it doesn't need it. It's framed so well. It's the cowboy story. It's Adam and Cringer wandering, see a damsel in distress, and 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 the domino effect of just trying to help her. They set things right. They overturn you know an evil ruler, and then they ride off into the sunset. You know, and then yeah. you know on to our next adventure, Battle Cat. <laughs> you know. <laughs> It's it's done so well, so well. Yeah, I I was subtly and not so subtly surprised how much I was enjoying this earlier, and uh, yeah, it kind of it kind of throws my amnesia lack of interest into the, <laughs> <laughs> it, it. It just throws it out the window in some ways, but the way it's used in here, I, we already made that point, but. The way it's used in there is it's a great way to at least fuel. This is what the story is about. He doesn't even know the deal with these places. Like when when he right. got to those places, he didn't know, and and she was filling him in on that stuff. So it made it even more like okay, well we're in a whole different land than we're used to, and now we get to find out through him having the amnesia that this is what the deal is. And I like that. And like you said, the amnesia only lasted maybe five minutes tops of yeah. the entire episode. So that's the other reason I'm okay with it, because it didn't take forever for him. It, it wasn't like Orko's there going, remember who you are, or something yeah. like that. Because that's, nah, I don't like that stuff. But in the case of this one, yeah, it just, it, it did what it needed to do, and then it said, okay, let's get ditch that, and let's actually have a really cool, you know, adventure tale with the rest of everything that's about to happen. Right. No, it's, it's well done. You know, a great designs, great imagery. That uh, that storm scene is one of the best in the whole series. Like, you really feel the danger and the threat, and He-Man yeah. going over the waterfall. You know he's going to be okay, but you're still like, oh, you know, we got to get him. And then with the Gargons getting him first, it's... Oh, it's... Uh, I want to say it's perfection. It's not quite. There's a couple things, but um, I'm going to go a solid 8 out of 10. I mean, I, I think this one definitely earns it. It's well above average, uh, and it's darn near perfection. Hmm. What's the things that don't make it perfect, just out of curiosity? Uh, you know, I can't, I can't even really... I think it's mostly just the, the, the end for me. I think it wraps up a little too quickly. Like I said, you know, uh, He-Man goes to the cell there with ki- uh, to the king... And he's like, oh, don't worry, I have a plan. And his plan is basically like, we're just going to ha- show up in the throne room and go, boo, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that's, <laughs> that's probably the biggest thing for me is just there's not really there's not really a plan there with He-Man like he said there was. So and the ending just feels a little bit rushed. Like, okay, we got to wrap this up. Gotcha, okay. Um. Yeah, me being who I am about it, I'm the, I'm going to do a nine out of ten because it it definitely flies in the face of everything that I was commenting about last time. Sure. Um, 
and I love uh, the character designs. Like I said, they they made these character designs that didn't feel like, no. oh, we're going to reuse model sheets or whatever. No, they made these characters so legit their own that I I was sitting there just awed by that. The story barely ever takes a moment to even slow down, and the moments where yeah. he's understanding what's happening are still worthwhile. There's still oh, stuff in there that I, I really love. And um, to be honest, I really wish this could have been a standard of telling a couple more stories where he's not in Eternos and he's doing something where it doesn't even have to be starting out in the Royal Palace and he could be doing something else. Because if they did this kind of a story now, yeah, they probably would have done it in the it, it, almost like the Council of Evil episodes on 2000X. Because I, I, I'm looking at Garn and going... He's somebody I want to have back, and I've already said that. And then I started going, well, in my head, well, what, uh, you know, like, what other adventures does he have that we don't even know about where he's going out and doing some of this stuff? And how cool would it be if he actually amassed a little group of his own that isn't even tied to the Masters, and these guys are kind of his, he's out and about along countrysides that aren't, aren't in Eternos, like I was saying. Sure. And these are the people that he's relying on because they're in proximity of what he's doing, and they come back and help him out from time to time or whatever, and it's almost, it's showing him uniting the good people of Eternia against the evil, which is something I loved about 2000X as well. Sure. So, it's, you know, yeah. like, it... it hmm? It's his B-Squad. Basically, well, B-Squad, or I'd even say just, you know, like it, like I, I went to saying, like, Grace Jones and Conan the Destroyer, and Conan the Destroyer, they amassed a group of people that he had with him on that journey, and it made me start going, how cool would it have been to have this be the start of something like that for He-Man, because then you could have had, oh, here's this warrior woman from this place, and here's this person from this place... And having like at least three or four different guys that then he relies on in the wild, you know, kind of, kind of a bit really cool. Kind of a bit like Thundercats would end up doing, like you know, you had the Snowman of Hook Men, and you have yeah. the, those warrior women, Hachiman, and, you know, and all that. Hachiman, yeah. yeah, and like these mm-hmm. guys, yeah. When the main team can't make it or he's trapped out there, there's still every corner of the planet has some guys he can call on for help, you know. Yeah, yeah, and, I like that. I, I, I admit, like, that was a huge thing in 2000X. I just liked that they were trying to amass factions together in order to fight Skeletor. They didn't have to even go to that level, but I do like the idea these people would be out there and it'd be, well, He-Man saved me, or He-Man did this to protect my family, or protect my tribe, or protect my kingdom, and they would be having these people out there that he, maybe, maybe they would have had one or two episodes where he would have needed their help again, or whatever, and that would have been really cool. So that's why it doesn't get a 10 for me, is this is one of the few times we have this, and yeah, we yeah. don't get, like, a follow-up somewhere no, where uh, no. something if else it, happens, you if, know? If, <laughs> it, if Garnett shown up in 2000X, I can guarantee you he would have made repeat appearances, because he is yeah, that would have been great character. Um, like I said, my, it's, it's minor nitpicks for me, but I, I think an 8 out of 10 is still a solid score. So. Yeah! All right. I agree. So, we've reviewed. People have been waiting. It's been two weeks since our last remastering. <laughs> I've gotten death threats and uh, uh, bombs sent to my house. So uh, we better. That's horrible. 
Uh, it's all right. I cut the I cut the green wire. It was fine. They, they always cut the green wire. Always the green wire. Yes. <laughs> all right. So now it's time for our newest segment. Remastering their universe. That's right, folks. It's time for remastering their universe. The new segment, I guess not so new anymore, but until we come up with another segment, segment, it's our new segment, (laughs) uh, where we take a look at a story, uh, a show, a book, a comic, something that didn't quite have the power when it was first released, uh, and we try and make some changes. We read through it ourselves, uh, watch it, whatever it needs to do, and we go, okay, how can we make this story work better? Uh, So for this week, we have... The Masters of the Universe mini-comic, Leech, the Master of Power Suction Unleashed. Yes. Was the mini-comic obviously packaged with Leech and probably a few others. Amazingly, there is no credits in here. I love giving credit where credit is due, and whoever wrote and drew this obviously did not want their names attached to it. Well, I'm going to just be that guy and say, can you blame him? <laughs> I mean, no, no offense. Like I said before, I'm not a professional by any stretch of the imagination when it comes to comic book art or writing. But this one was one where I'm like, even as a kid, I remember hating this book. Yeah. But rereading it today made me go, what did I just read? <laughs> Basically, it was... It's it's almost like a fever dream yeah. of the Masters of the the Universe uh, comic. I was just looking through here, and I, I, honestly, I think it was probably something more just from Mattel because it doesn't look like any of this wave of mini comic has credits in it. And I know a lot of them were drawn by Larry Houston, but this I do not. This know. is not Larry, Larry Houston. Houston. <laughs> um, I hope not. Someone should check on him if it was. Well, if if it was him, he had somebody who obviously was uh, like some kind of cubist like Picasso yeah. deciding they're going to ink over his pencils because Larry Houston had some very, very lovely line work, very gorgeous line work right. back in those days. No, no, I don't, I don't think it really is Larry at all. Um, and I'm going to start it right there, and I know we've done this before, but, you know, it... And honestly, it's not even necessarily get a new artist like we pulled before. But I'm going to say, get these characters on model. Like, when I need to look at word balloons to figure out that that's Merman, or that's Cyclone, or even that's Leech, when it's his own mini-comic, we got a problem here. I mean, this Merman here, this is, on the first page here, that's probably one of the best drawings of him. And it looks nothing like him. Cyclone's got yeah. this weird chest, weird colors. Man no, Arms has blue. this like green hoodie on. It's like, what is going on here? Even the characters you can recognize, you're still sitting there going like, okay, did they look at the toe, uh, the toy? Like Fisto looks like a, a weird uh, Hispanic guy. I mean, it just it's. 
and not that there's anything wrong with Hispanics. It just it, it doesn't look like Fisto. It doesn't look like Moss, man. It doesn't. Roboto's got a huge neck. Hordak looks weird as all get out. I mean, look, look at the shot here of Hordak. He looks. I don't. He looks like Rock on or Stonedar there. You know. So and on, on top of that, um, there's so many moments in this book or in the mini comic where you have um, Leech looking like he would be bigger than, yeah. uh, like, a battle ram. Yeah. But, the, it, it, like, in reality, he's pretty much on scale with the rest of the figures, and granted, I know, you know, there could be a scaling thing where, oh, they couldn't make him as big as they wanted him to be, but I never kind of, I never figured him to be huge. They made him, like, this huge monster coming out of the swamp. I'm like, where did that come from? Right. What the heck is that all about? And then even at the end, you have that whole thing where Hordak decides to make himself like a Galactus-sized guy to fight the Talon fighter. Yeah. And I'm like, where did that even come from, too? Yeah. This it, is, it, it's going against a lot of what we already know about what these characters, number one, are and can do. <laughs> yeah, no, so. it's, I agree. Like, sometimes Leech is barely above Hordak, and then other times he's he's big enough to swallow the land shark whole. You know? Yeah. And it's so so so. What do we do here? Because I I thought uh, so. Is it just we need to get these guys back down to scale, or do we put something in the story to explain the growth? Because Hordak grows at the end of it too. Mm-hmm. So, do we introduce? Does it need an element introduced where it's like this is why they're big? Maybe that's why they're going after Merman. Maybe they want some sort of a crystal from him that you know that 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 could enhance them and make them bigger. Kind of read a repulse of them, Power Rangers, and make them grow. You know, because that that's what I think. I think of Power Rangers at the end, whenever he would make them the monster grow. You know. Uh, okay. Okay. Or. or, um... or or do we or do we just get them back down to scale and leave them there? I I personally like the idea of them being the scale because the other thing about this is that this is introducing this character. Right. Like I even remember when I was a kid and I got my leech figure and that book came with him. When I saw those moments where he's huge, I remember like holding the figure in my hand and going, "What it, what's going on?" What are, what, what are they trying to tell me? Is he supposed to be as big as a truck, or is he supposed to be the size of the figure in my hand, and then he matches up somewhat to the size of everybody else in the line? Right. Um, and I personally, I'm not a huge fan of the idea that Hordak is growing at the end either. It, to me, it just seems very odd. It, it, like, the, the whole thing, like, okay, I'm going to turn into, like, King Kong to swat at the Talon fighter at the end. And it's like, why? Why are yeah. you needing to do that? You could have, you know, A, B, C, and D options of how to fight that thing versus needing to grow really huge and turning it into a... Uh, like, I, I felt like they almost put that part of the story in because the artist couldn't get these things to scale right. And they're like, well, let's just do that at the end because Lord knows he's not going <laughs> to draw it right from the beginning. Sure. And I'm not saying that that's necessarily <laughs> what they did, but there is very much this, like, why Why is everything so... The art is already startling enough if you've read the mini-comics, yeah. and then you get to this one, and it's just so, like, where did this come from? And things yeah. are so odd that when you go into this, it is like you're Alice in, in uh, Wonderland, 
reading this book, you know, reading that, that comic in particular. Right. I, I keep saying book, a comic. Yeah. And um, it, it doesn't help. Every little bit of this, it, the, the visuals in this does not help make right. this any more decipherable, in my opinion. Okay, so so we're gonna get we're gonna get them on model. We're gonna get them back in scale. All right. So now, uh, and I did forget to give a little rundown. So basically, the whole mini comic is Hordak sends Leech to Eternia to capture Merman, um, and Man at Arms and Cyclone ba- uh, find Merman, and he's all scared. Cyclone ends up beating Leech actually. And then Hordak gets mad at him because he didn't bring Merman back, and so he sends him back to Eternia. And the Masters throw Merman back in the ocean as bait to get Leech to come to him. And <laughs> then basically He Man's just going to destroy him with the Talon Fighter. And Hordak grows big, him and the Talon Fighter fight, and He Man crashes the Talon Kamikazes, as they put in the book. The town mm-hmm. fighter into Hordak, and that ends up sending Hordak and Leech back to their dimension. Um, so, I, I I think number one is we need a reason for him to go after Merman because there's nothing really given here other than why didn't you get Merman? Yeah, and it's like, well, why does why does Hordak even want Merman? Why does he need Merman? Um, I think I think that's the number one problem is is why are we doing this? Yeah, yeah. I like the that that whole premise. Like the the premise of the story doesn't even hold up when you don't even know why he's doing half of what he does. This this reminds me of like when when I was a kid. If I met another kid who just wanted to smash their figures together, I usually walked away and did my own <laughs> thing because when I was a kid. My initial reaction, it was, I wanted to sit down and come up with what was the story I wanted to tell using these figures that day? What was the story that was tickling my brain the most? And this is the equivalent of, uh, you know, you have a lot of good stories in the mini comics, and this is the one that's the equivalent of, here's a kid grabbing your favorite toys and just smashing them together, and you're like, why are you doing this? It's fun. You know, they don't have a reason other than it is what it is. Um, so I agree there, there should be, there should be something that Merman has or, or has to find because he like, like in the, uh, the beginning 2000 X, he had to find the, the crystal, you know, like having something like that where it was, it's maybe a conduit to have Hordak bring the horde across or something. He needs whatever this power source is or whatever. Here's what I was thinking because it's already been establishing the mini comics and and like the book and stuff like there are various ways to get from eternity to etheria you know in the in the power of the evil horde book uh there was that magic tree where you if you pull the leaf off it would open the leaf the yeah mm-hmm. you know and, and stuff like that where there's only there's only so many ways to get from eternia to etheria and merman when he's talking to king randor mentions you know the portal from Eternia's dark underworld reopens and the Horde is free once more to make Eternia its conquest. Um, so what if, what if there's an underwater portal? What if Hordak found a way to access Eternia, but it's underwater? And so basically he's like, okay, well, I'm going to send Leech in, because if Leech can take out Merman, 
then we can we can come into Eternia underwater, you know, and use our use our fleet of submarines and everything else, and that way we can sneak in, and he won't be mm-hmm. able to alert Skeletor or anybody else. Mm-hmm. That's fine by me because that's yeah. a heck of a lot better of a through line for what they're doing. So now, uh, so now you yeah. got that reason. It's like okay, mm-hmm. now he's actually so yeah. It's like Leech. You need to get Merman. Get him out of the way. That way he can't raise the alarm, basically. And there's no one... I mean, think about it. The Masters don't have an underwater guy. Nope. Uh and, and Skeletor doesn't... I mean, uh, Clawful. Um, but he... But even though we talked about this before, Clawful really doesn't get, like, the underwater... Like, uh, the role a lot of times. Nope. He's nope. He's... He's very smart and everything, but like Merman's his underwater guy. So Hordak's looking if we can if we can get Merman and get him out of the way, then we got free access here to Eternia whenever we want. Um and from there so and then basically that puts the same way. It's like so Merman saw Leech come through, he's trying to get to shore to tell somebody, you know, have a, a same thing, have man arms and cyclone just out on, you know, patrol or whatever, they find him. Uh, I'll, number one, I would have all three of them fight Leech off because I don't get why Merman's such a coward in this. Um, but once it's all three of them, I think if they work together and beat him off and everything, and then, uh, and then basically you go the same way there. Merman, you know, they take Merman in and he's, he's telling the king all this that about what's happening and they go out to try and see if, you know, I'd say have them go out and try and sh- and seal this cave off. You know, now that we've got an entrance, that should be their mission. Let's go out and try and 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 seal this doorway. Mm-hmm. And I, I didn't like here how they like just take it. They use Merman as bait, and and He Man just like I'm just gonna kill him. Like I'm just gonna kill Leech. That's my plan. We're gonna start killing these Horde members one by one. Like, mm-hmm. That's not He Man. We just went over this. That's not He Man. Yeah, exactly. So I, I think to me, the second half needs to be they're trying to stop. They're trying to seal this doorway off, and you know, hopefully they can stop. They can capture Leech at the same time if he shows up. Yeah, and I think that's a simpler, more concise idea because this ep- this this whole book for me is they're throwing whatever at the wall and none of it's sticking because none of it's cohesive. The one thing I I would say is I I like the idea if the three of them were fighting them off, like you were saying, Merman would be the one that gets affected by Leech though. He, he loses his power. He's not able to, you know, like he's not able to use his abilities, which means he can't get back underwater for a little while until he gets his power back and all that. And then he can't even communicate to any of the, the, you know, the swamp life and the, you know, the animals in the water and all that stuff. And that's why when he goes to Randor, he's scared. He doesn't have any defense or whatever. I think that would be kind of cool because I didn't like, why, why would Leech be able to suck power from man at arms? Like that should be like a life force thing more than it's, I don't know, that's just, for me, it was a little, like, the person who has a bigger ability than Man-at-Arms, Cyclone or Merman, should be the one affected, so then they're like, wait, my powers are gone, or what, you know. Um, I still think, I I think he's got to actually get on there. 
like he did mm-hmm. in, you know, Secret of the Sword and everything else. That's like, how I always figured you it, You have too, to exactly. actually get to him, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah and, I, I agree. And, that makes perfect sense. If he, if he zaps Merman, even before they... Maybe Manor and Cyclone walk up, and he's already doing it, you know, mm-hmm. and and they just, get, they just fight him off. Um, mm-hmm. He can't take power from the land shark, though. It doesn't yeah, that work was that weird. way. It doesn't work like that, and it's not the kind of power he sucks. No, he, he, <laughs> he he's he's. I, I guess it would be like vampire, where he he takes the power or energy of like the life force of somebody, like right. Secret of the Sword, or he takes their powers away, you know, or whatever. Which that you know that, or maybe it could be a skill set of okay. In Cyclone's case, he has his powers, which makes him juicier. Yeah. As as something for him to feed on versus oh Bo, you know he's just he has skills versus powers. Okay, let, you let, know, or, let's talk about that a second here then. So what what exactly is Leech's power set? Uh, I mean, to to me it it's always been like uh, like basically he drains you, but I've never really thought. About where that power goes. So does that make Leech stronger? The more people he drains? Like, uh... Well, obviously this is going to be my head because I just watched Superman Man of Tomorrow. But is, <laughs> Parasite. Is, is it like <laughs> Parasite where he actually grows stronger when he sucks the power from other people? I, I never thought it was, honestly. I thought it was more just no. like he, he takes it away from them, but not necessarily that it makes him any stronger. I I kind of view it just as the equivalent of food, you know, like right. him him sucking the life essence from someone like Tila or Man at Arms or you know someone along those lines. Right. It's just like that's uh, that's almost like a snack. But then if he grabs somebody like Cyclone or uh, you know He Man or someone like that, that to him is like Thanksgiving dinner. You know, like it's it's like a gourmet meal because there's there's more power involved with those characters. But like it, that was the one thing that that I don't think they need is to have Leech adapting those powers and becoming that right. guy. I think he's just the guy that he will he will take away their will to live because yes. he's taking their life essence or their power from them, and that makes them more susceptible to Hordak than and the Horde. It's like you know, it is that way with him where he's not going to get their powers, but he's going to just be loaded and filled yeah. as like a food source. And no, and that makes him a little creepier, in my opinion, just like a leech would want to yeah, eat no, off I you agree. and drink your blood and all I that. Just want, so. I agree completely with that. I just want to make sure we were on the same page here. Yeah, yeah we're on the same page. Okay. Yeah, because like, I, I don't like the never... idea of... He'll never be as strong as He-Man. Like, he's only no. got a max still. Even if he feasts on He-Man, he still can't get above his power level to me. You know, he's exactly. still... Like, he'll, he'll be refreshed and energized and, and 100% for him, but it's not like, okay, all of a sudden he's got super strength and x-ray vision and, you know, this and that. Yeah, he, he, he wouldn't he be He can't that start guy. Cyclone powers just because he sucks no. Cyclone's powers. No, but but I think that's what makes him a good one of the like lieutenants in the horde. I guess is what he would be. It, it, the fact that you know he can go into battle and all he's doing is he's weakening the opponents so that the horde can just 
cut a swath through oh, exactly. the, their, their, their forces, you know, and all that. So that's why Hordak would want him on his side. You I, know? Told you, I told you before, it fits right into what I feel the power set of the Horde is because they're always about, they're always about taking, taking energy, taking the will to live. Yeah. You know, that's, they, they drain their victims and they conquer. That's, I mean, Leech is a prime example of that. And that's why it makes no sense here where, the only thing we really see him suck the power from is the land shark. You know yep. that this is what he should be doing here in this back half of the story. Like they're trying to get to this gate, and Leech is just like, nope, 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 and just like all these warriors, because he brings all these people with him. You know, Mossman, mm-hmm. Fisto, Merman, Roboto. You know, and if if uh, and actually, I could see Roboto being the key to this. Uh, because I don't think he can take electronic power like that. I think he's more like, yeah, sucking your your life force, your yeah. will to live. So I could see him like like ta- like he's already got Merman down. I could see him taking out Mossman and Fisto and He Man still trying to get through. And you know, even even go that way. And so that's why He Man gets in the Talonfire because like I can't get close enough to this guy. To, to do anything to him or else I'm gonna go down just like my comrades already did so I mm-hmm. guess so that's why he's got to get into the town fighter and fight that way you know mm-hmm. yeah and the, the thing that I I, I want to switch out completely is the hordak bit okay and and I don't want to switch him out completely but what I want to do instead is have it that hordak is in on eternia he's in etheria sure. and he projects himself using clouds or a spirit version of himself, which is why he'd be huge. He'd be this huge spectral force in the sky, and he's using magic to go up against them so that they can't stop the portal from being closed. So it's like Leech is doing his thing, and then once it gets to a certain point where you have even, like, Skeletor is aware that crap is going down, and he's going into the whole thing figuring out what's happening... I just like the idea. Hordak would keep an eye on it and go. I have to have, I have to have Leech's back, and he just he he astrally projects himself right. into the clouds or something, and you see like the cloud face of Hordak, the red eyes, and he'd have these clawed hands coming down trying to attack them, sure. and that's where He Man would be going up in the Talon Fighter. To, he, he either he would be there to, to do the stuff like you're saying with Leech, but then that's when the talent fighter would get hit right. and go, oh crap, you know, like here's this, here's Hordak represented, and now he's coming down to us as well, well and, and that could be kind of cool. And that's it, because He-Man gets into the talent fighter, so now Leech can't suck his, his life force out. So now mm-hmm. Mordek's like, okay, I gotta step in, or He-Man's gonna get this gate closed, and then my mm-hmm. own plan's just out the window. So yeah, yep. exactly. Have him take out the Talon Fighter and or take on the Talon Fighter and so then mm-hmm. they're doing their battle. Meanwhile, yeah, have Skeletor show up now and he's like, I, I don't know what's going on, but you know Hordak's here and Merman's in the middle of this and you know <laughs> and, and even have him go try and get Merman, like what is going on here? And inadvertently, he provides a distraction then for Roboto to get past and get to the gate. Because I think I think this should be a Roboto 
gambit, if you will, to get to yeah. get in there and actually take down the gate. Like, He-Man's busy with Hordak. Skeletor ends up distracting Leech, and then Roboto as the only warrior who can get who can get past Leech's powers without being affected. You know, he he managed mm-hmm. to go by. Like, it, you could even do it too, like you said. Okay, so if 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 Merman's you know a little treat, then a Skeletor He Man that's like a gourmet meal. And Elite mm-hmm. is just so happy and so focused on Skeletor. Have him get Skeletor. Have him start draining him and be like, oh yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and and then that allows Roboto to get in and set some explosives and blow up the gate, you know. Yeah. And, and at that point, I don't even see why you have to crash the Talon Fighter. At that point, Hordak just sees he's lost and he's like, "All right, I'm out of here," you know. And and go from there. Like I I don't get this whole kamikaze thing that that he that you know the the destroying the Talon Fighter, you know. Yeah, I, I think it would be more of a maybe Hordak gets the Talon Fighter while they're fighting, you know, sure. like while he ends up there trying to distract him and everything. And you know, like um, when the, when the gate is closed, he he evaporates from the sky because the link is severed. Right, and 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 then it's like okay, the the talent fighter has like maybe a a crappy landing. It's it's salvageable, but they're yeah. gonna have to fix it or whatever. But it's not this kamikaze run like you're talking. And like you right. said, you don't like either, which I agree. So no, it's not he. It, no, I'm good no, with that. It, no. If Hordak takes it down, he shoots it with some of these lightning bolts. It crashes, mm-hmm. and then you got He Man like, okay, this is it. It's you and me, and this giant Hordak in the sky is ready to take him on. And then yeah, yeah. at that moment, Roboto hits the explosive. It's like, and that gate closes, and or no, and he just disappears. Yeah. You know that's mm-hmm. that's great. Mm-hmm. You know, and then and then uh, and then Leech, of course, once he sees that he's got, you know, by that point you can have you can have Roboto still there, obviously. He Man comes down, and then have Moss Man and Fisto be getting back on their feet at that point. And he's like, oh, yep, I'm not going to fight all of you. I'm out of here. You know, and just I mean, that's all you need, right? Like this is here, here. it's just a mini comp. Well, yeah, and I'm adding something that might make it a little more uh, convoluted, but I I don't care. I'm going to throw it out there. What if when Leech touches someone, it has to be skin to skin? Because the thing that I'm thinking of is he he goes for Skeletor, but he does like Secret of the Sword where he tries to put his suction cups on Skeletor's head. Skeletor turns around He's like, it doesn't work like that, fool! And he shoots him with the Havoc Staff, and that's what shoots him through the portal to get him out off Eternia. Then they blow the thing up, and then Hordak evaporates. And I like the idea that because it's his skull and not skin, Leech couldn't even do it, but he was distracted enough by Skeletor or something. So, that's just me. Okay, I like where you're going, but since it is a mini-comic and I don't think it has to be that convoluted. I think because you can just say that Skeletor's strong enough to, in that moment, as he's getting his strength drained, for him to reach out and grab the Havoc step. You know, have him roll up on the land shark like before. Yeah, have, that's have, exactly. that would have, work too. Have Leech knock him out of the land shark. He loses the Havoc staff. Uh, and then Leech just starts going to town on him. And Skeletor is, you know, with all the force in his body, is making that Havoc staff come to him. And mm-hmm. once he sees. He sees Roboto go over behind Leech, and once he sees that Roboto's ready, he's like, you know, not today, fool, and he, yeah. you know, yep. have him still get drained, 
Because mm-hmm. I still, I think the skull, I think the skull's a good enough conduit. You know what I mean? Um, I still like the skin to skin thing, but if, so like I said, it's convoluted enough that I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna give it to you on that. If, one. if it was a, if it was. If it wasn't a mini comic, I would say go with it. But remember, these these things got to be like boom, boom, boom. Yeah, you know. If it was so, a cartoon, though, if it was that, a cartoon, that's what I would. Say, I would want then we that could better, explain but, that better, yeah. especially for the kids. And that's one of the things we want to do here with remastering, folks. It's we want to keep it in the spirit of what you know it originally was. So, but I think that's enough. Just have Skeletor just summon enough strength just to blast him back. And then that gives you the reason why Skeletor doesn't fight. He's like, you know, okay, you know, another day, you Eternian fools, and he just hops mm-hmm. on shark with Merman, and they're just like, we're out of here, you know? Well, you know, it, w- it would actually would be kind of fun it, it, um, if they had the cartoon version of this. This is what I'd want to see at the end. Have it be like, you know, He-Man gets out of the wreckage of the town right. fighter, and all the heroes are there, and they look over, and they're like, Skeletor was the one to help, and and it, he may be like Skeletor, and then yeah. you have Skeletor riding away in the land shark. Don't count on that again, you fool! You know. Oh, I like. That. I think that could work even here, like that. <laughs> and that's what it needs. It needs that wrap up here at the end too. It's it needs something. I mean, mm-hmm. and, and I like that. And it it's it, it. I think it streamlines it, it simplifies it, it gives a reason for it, and, and the end battle that we just came up with I think is a lot better than anything you see here. It's in mm-hmm. character, and it makes sense. So, um, I'm going to say remastered. I will too, because I actually understood that one. Yes. Versus what I read, I don't know what the heck I read in that. <laughs> yeah, it's, and I'd it's love- like a Rorschach test. I would love to see the behind the scenes on this because it is, it's like, there's so much in here that contradicts other stuff. Like, earlier when when Merman was talking to King Randor, he's saying, like, that Skeletor is going to join the Horde. And as we know, that's nothing that would ever happen. Like, Skeletor hates the Horde. He's been a part mm-hmm. of the Horde, you know. And even in the, in the mini-comic collection, this wasn't the first appearance of the horde, so but it's written like it is. It's it's very odd. It's very odd, mm-hmm. and I don't know if it was there was like three different versions where they ended up like, oh, we'll do the first part of this script and the second part of this script and the third part of this script, and, and yeah, that on top of the off model characters and everything else, it's it's baffling. <laughs> But, to say the least, yeah. <laughs> but I, I, I think we did all right by it. I think we remastered that bad boy. Yeah, I'm good. I'm definitely good on that one. <laughs> <laughs> I, got, I gotta say, the mini comic was actually a little harder than I thought it would be um, because you've got that limited space. You've got the simplified storyline. That one took me a little bit more than I thought it would have sent down there going, okay, how do we do this, you know? Well, the story in general made me think that, too. So, like, <laughs> I, I, I keep on making that comment, but I I don't think there's been many, many comics where I've read them and I yeah. don't understand from beginning to end what the hell the point of it was. Yeah, And, you know, like us doing our thing, it's like, 
anybody could do this one, and it probably will only go up from there. Yeah. I think what we did was 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 fine because that that end battle would have been one where I would have probably gone back to it now after seeing that when I was a kid. Going, yeah, but Hordak turned into clouds and started attacking the talent fight. That was yeah. amazing. <laughs> yeah, just give it a nice action scene at the end. Yeah. Keep it simple, especially with mini comics. Keep it simple, you know. Mm-hmm. So. All right, we got anything to uh, throw ourselves out with here? Um, like uh, without any new craziness, new news or anything. I don't really. I know uh, you were saying, you know, we're going to be doing some fun stuff in September. I don't September. know how much you want to talk since this is our final one before September. This is so we we have. An all-star September lined up, and I won't go into too many details now, but we got some fun stuff coming up here all September long. Uh, we're going to have some great guests with us, uh, a little bit of fun that will culminate at the end of the month, and uh, some nice surprises along the way. Uh, so make sure you're all subscribed up. Uh, go ahead and click that little like down there, subscribe, so you're so you're up to date here. We got some stuff rolling out this month. It's going to be a blast. Uh, Well, credit where credit's due, Matt has been busting his butt to uh, do what we're going to be doing in September. So, (laughs) yeah, he's the mastermind behind it all. That's that's how it works. It's going to come together. We've got a couple more pieces (laughs) nailed down, but it's all going to come down together. So, uh, go ahead and leave us a comment down below. Comment on Podbean, comment on iTunes, anywhere and everywhere. Hit the stars, the hearts, the likes, all that, guys. Come on, help us out here. Uh, And uh, join our Facebook page. Uh, I know I've been a little lax on posting lately, but, you know, I'll get back to it. It's been a crazy uh, couple weeks so far. So, But September's going to be amazing. we got an all-star September lined up. So make sure you tune in. And until next time. Until